0: Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate.
1: So, as the sky turned gray and the night turned long, in the darkness you will find. i yeah.
0: Willow and wood with there will always be a light Hey Carl and Greg how are you guys doing today hello
2: Nicole Hello Nicole hello, Carl. and Greg hello Carl yeah that song was kind of cool again it, another throwback you know what I like about that is like if I'm not mistaken it's a duo right and and there it's a married duo and willow is, is the woman's first name is Willow and wood is their husband's last name right that, Kevin Wood that's correct it's a cool name and again it sounds like it could have been recorded. In my Laurel Canyon days, back in like, you know, 71, you know, um, in L.A. Everything today is retro to some degree. Don't you agree, kind of, Greg, Nicole? Yeah,
3: maybe. I mean, I I, I certainly agree we were talking about it earlier. I certainly agree that it's been a long time since something sonically sounded like completely new or completely different. You
2: know, it's funny. I'm going to cut you off real quick. What you just said was funny because we were talking about this earlier. So every time we talk, you always say we're talking about it earlier. Yeah, right, right. So why don't we record what we talked about earlier? <laughs> it to be better than what we're talking about now.
0: You guys should just record like the four or five minutes
2: before I sneak on yep. the podcast right, and use yeah, it right. at some point in it. We should, have, we should have to do a next podcast. It's like, these are all recordings from
1: earlier.
2: <laughs> so go ahead. What were you saying, Greg?
3: I tend to agree. I mean, I think it's been a long time since I heard something – And I can probably go back and think about some recordings that I heard that I had literally never heard those sounds before. Kate Bush comes to mind. When you hear those albums, you you would listen for, for sounds that you had never heard before.
2: Well, that that was the synth age, the eighties. Right. You know, um, well, I love Kate. Yeah. Kate Bush, you're talking about her first things mm-hmm. were great, like, you know, Wuthering Heights yeah, and like yeah, uh yeah, incredible. Man with a Child's yep. Eyes Man. Those those are great songs. And then yeah, but then with running up to the hill later on, she got more into well, when I, Sonic stuff. I can I, hanging out with Peter Gabriel and
3: stuff. All that stuff was I think it, it it set its own bar. I don't think it was retro in any way. Um Nirvana's a good example. I had never heard a record like that like the first Nirvana album.
2: You know, I have to admit I'm not a big hip hop or or rap fan. Probably that's the only genre that's been kind of innovative as far as sonically sounding different and trying different things. Everything else like in rock and pop and R&B it's just rehashed you know, repackaged stuff that's been done already. It's true. I was going
0: to say, I think it's interesting that you guys, were, that we're talking about this tonight because as we're getting submissions for music and we're I'm doing research to kind of figure out who they are, almost every single artist I find, whether it's on Spotify or on their website, they're always referencing who they sound like. There's no original sound to it.
2: I hate to say it, but I think, are we done? What new sounds can there be?
3: Certainly we're not done, uh, but by the same token you really
2: think there's going to be some new innovative oh my god what's that it's going to happen again yeah i
3: think as soon as technology advances a little bit more i mean we're going to we're going to be hearing things on albums or in recordings that we've never heard before i absolutely think i think
2: the structure has to change i I think we're we're, we're locked into this what a song is and and the structure has been the same for 50 years
3: well western music western music has a particular cadence it has a particular rhythm it has particular intonations and and different phrases that r- repeat over and over and over again that's just western music now if you go to eastern music it sounds much different so when i think about it i mean in the '60s, uh, we had not heard in popular recordings. We had not heard sitar. We had not heard a number of instruments until, you know, those '60s bands brought. But them that's not to-
2: exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about new instrumentation. You're just, ta- you're,
3: just you're talking about form.
2: Yeah, something new. Like to me, like. Music has changed forms. Like you know, a big band was a form, and then there was the R and bs are kind of a form. You know, uh, then jazz is a form. Rock was a form. Heart You know, they all had kind of forms. And then even grunge was a bit of a form. You know, and then pop has a form. Country had a form. Now it's all kind of a, it's all kind of a hodgepodge together. There, there's so many different genres, and so they all bleed into each other. So there's no real. I don't know, it's...
3: Well, have you heard... I mean, I I hate to open up a can of worms because... Open the can, baby. (laughs) Open that can. So how much uh, AI-generated music have you heard in the last six months? Have you heard the recordings that are being made using artificial intelligence so that the artist is somewhat recognizable, but they basically, the algorithm is using a number See, of different, different I vocals. I hate
2: that word. That's the word you want algorithm, uh, Yeah, man. of
3: course. Of course we hate it. But the fact of the matter is that there are some people engaged in creating music solely from this uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, and some guys I know, some guys that are into, they're usually into cutting-edge things, and they're, they're audiophiles, and that, they're trading this music around a bit. I saw some of it posted on my uh, socials uh, a few uh, weeks then ago. Then the
2: world's then the world's over, Greg. If what you're talking about is happening, then the world's on its way to being over.
3: The comment that I made when I heard it, everybody was like, "This is so cool! This is amazing!" You know, because not only are the sounds random, randomized, but also the words. So the lyric structure is just kind of stream of consciousness, and I just said, "You know, hey." Folks, in my world, gibberish is gibberish. I don't care if it's artificially generated or not. I mean, I think there has to... When you talk about changing the form... But what's happening is people You have people to be communicating.
2: Care. Young people don't care if it's cool. Well... You know, some of these actors... Better watch out because pretty much they don't need Tom Cruise anymore. They can just, you know, synthetically, you know, create yeah,
0: a, a
3: performance. Icon, right.
2: Absolutely. And he's fine and like, goodbye. And and, and he doesn't cost $17 million a picture, you know? Right. Well, so,
0: haven't they done that recently too with some actors who've recently passed away, like mid filming or things like that, where they well, literally. They, they, can, they
2: can do certain things, but yeah, but it hasn't been perfected yet, but it's getting there. And it's going to be like, like, you know, like those movies are right, man. Like the Matrix tricks all these we better watch out you know we're, we're like you know high-teching ourselves out of existence you know we're, we think we're doing all this great stuff but we're kind of like you know building the machines that are to take over it's crazy
3: but i i think that as soon as that occurs then someone will make a recording of themselves you know i think i said this in the first podcast someone will make a recording of themselves Beating a a log with a stick,
2: right? Then it always gets down to and it, and then, it comes and, around, and it will,
3: it will come right back around. And
2: you know we need the human expression.
3: We need, will will we win. Need Chuck
2: Marty's. We need Chuck Marty's father. Here we go. Stupid story. So down the block, <laughs> so, there was like. There was another this. Band, bowling, you know, another bowling, another bowling of. I was even too young, buddy. One of my big idols was like Chuck Motty. Because Chuck Motty was two blocks down, had a band. I was like nine, right? But he had a rock band, right? And he used to play in the garage. Garage. I think, band. Called, I think yeah, literally he used to call the Rebels, right? They played too loud and they wouldn't stop. So every once in a while, you know, we've always sit in the garage and I'm looking at they remember they they played one of the best songs they played. first time I heard Painted Black. They played Painted Black by the Stones. They go there and there and It was so cool. Anyway, and they had drums and like real amps and stuff, like real microphones, you know? I can only imagine what it sounded like now, but then it, to me it was incredible, you know? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you know, turn that down, shut that off. So finally, Chuck Mighty's father would come down and just shut up the circuit breaker. Oh my <laughs> so word. So the band just stopped. And all he would hear is the drums. And then he would say, stop with the drums, stop with the drums. So that's you know, I don't know if you can do that with AI. You need Chuck <laughs> Mighty's father to come and turn turn off the circuit breaker. Stupid story I know. No,
3: it's it's so true. And it's like, you know, it's like it's like the the voice of reason amongst all that uh, you know, uh teenage garage rock angst. It's pretty funny stuff, you know. Like, My first
2: guitar, I, now I'm going down memory lane. My first <laughs> guitar was a one pickup. St. Moritz. <laughs> I don't even know what that even is. <laughs> Sunburst, one pickup. It had volume and tone. sounds exotic. Two buttons. That sounds two so buttons. exotic. Yeah, yeah. St. Moritz. <laughs> and then I had a Dan Electro 5-watt 10-inch speaker amp with two inputs. Just volume, no tone or anything. And then Tremblow. <laughs> Nice. Tremlo on the what so I and then so then I went to Lafayette, which is like a Radio Shack before there was a Radio Shack. there was a store called Lafayette, and I bought this microphone. so I used to plug the mic and the guitar into two channels. but if you want a tremlo on the guitar, you had to have tremlo on the microphone. did
3: you uh, <laughs> did did you ever have
1: it sounded,
2: imagine what it sounded like Carl, then.
3: did you ever have uh, my cousin had one of these and uh, I was fascinated by it. I don't know the specifics, but I I think it was sold by Sears. I believe it was Silver Tone, but it was an old... Silver Tone with the amp in the case. With the... The speaker and the amplifier were in the guitar case.
2: Yeah, it took batteries, right? Yeah, that, so that in, was kind
3: of chintzy. So incredible.
2: Now that's worth about five thousand dollars if you can get it because it's a collector's item. But at the time, it was like this forty-nine dollars special. The Sears, <laughs> yes, yeah, Sears Silvertone.
3: Well, we right? have a, we have alluded in the past in past episodes, we've alluded to the idea that we might make another record with you. We need a we need a Silvertone amp in the case uh, track. We're going to have to locate one. You got to write something specific. And I, 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 I
2: wonder what even happened to those guitars, mm-hmm. man. I used to love that stuff. And then I remember, and then I got a, um, this has become instrument day, then for all the musicians out there. <laughs> then I graduated to an amp, Ampeg Reverber Rocket. That, that was a nice amp. And then, and my guitar was a Univox,
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> a copy of an ES335 Gibson, but it was like, you know, double cutaway, you know, hollow body. And that was great. And then I'll end it with this. And then, but then, like you know, I was I worked all summer at McDonald's, and I went to Sam Ash on Forty Eighth Street with my uncle, and I bought a uh, Gibson Deluxe Les Paul. And that was like then I then I was in the big leagues, man. Mm-hmm. I remember because I, I used to then go to I, I used to be able to like because I had nice nice hard, hard shell case. What year would
3: that have been? nineteen
2: seventy.
3: Yeah, so that would have been a a, a pretty quality instrument at that time. It was funny, you know, I've been a drummer all my life and, you know, I was kind of, it was too jazz for the rock guys and too rock for the jazz guys. And I kind of played, I I played really well when I was like 10 or 11 or 12. And then when I was 15, I played okay. And then when I was 18, I played kind of okay. And I was lucky because new wave was hitting. And so like kind of droney you know vibey right. four 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 four
2: four you could suck again you could i could
3: i could i could suck <laughs> again band. i didn't have to be neil Perry. that's
2: why we that's what we love the ramones man exactly we could, could suck and be in being a band exactly
3: but um <laughs> it, it's funny because i've been a drummer my whole life and i've always wanted to play guitar and i just i've never really picked it up but i i, I can remember going through all the old magazines and like you know, learning the shapes, the whole Flying V thing. Oh,
2: I hate the Flying V. I
3: used to think the Les Paul Juniors were cool.
2: But it was, it's either Les Paul or Strat. Yeah. Well, and, I, and when I was younger, Les Paul was more the rock guitar, but then when you got older, you realized the Strat was, was much more versatile. Well, you know, again, now it's like, there's tons of stuff you can buy,
3: you know? Right.
2: When, when it's become a, <laughs> a,
3: a, Ge- a the gear show, the gear, the show. gear show, right? Uh, it, it's fun, I guess. I mean, I, I, um, you know, we always kind of, you, you get early in, in your, in being a musician, you, I think you get accustomed to a certain brand and, and maybe, maybe you're somewhat brand loyal. I mean, I've all. No,
2: I think no. I think in the beginning, well, from my thing, it comes from just economics. What can you afford? Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. you know. So you get what you can get. So you have a Hackstrom or a Univox or a at uh, least have a acoustic was Takamini or that, that was even coming a little later. Then electro, and then as you got older and you got more money, then you can afford the the Fenders, but then they got, then they got cool later on. They came with the, with the cheaper version, like the Fender Squires or, you know, the the less expensive or the Epiphones, you know, for the Gibsons Epiphone Les Paul, which is half the price.
3: Well, the instrument instrument companies kind of, I mean, I think they kind of marketed directly to particular groups. I mean, I I think that um, of course, you know, you had the whole endorsement thing that came about in the, in the sixties, seventies, eighties, Probably hit its peak in the 90s, but I have a theory that if you're a musician, whatever brand your first real instrument was is maybe the direction you lean thereafter i mean i my
2: no, i think it's i think whatever your favorite band or artist uses that's why that's why i wanted the gretch country gentleman i thought that was the coolest thing because hmm. because because george Harrison played it you know and that's why i want you you want when, or jimmy page at a Les ball that's where you wanted that you know that's i i don't know to me that's why what you go for
3: my first real set of drums was an old set of ludwig so i've always been a ludwig a ludwig player you know i mean i've had Four sets of Ludwig in um, – Really? Yeah, yeah.
2: Ludwig was huge because R- the Beatles and right above it was Ludwig. And that was it. Ringo used Ludwig. That was the best – The
3: logo. The logo. Logo right. for
2: like right. rock and roll for kids to want to play drums back in the 60s. Yep. Yep. Ringo played Ludwig. Yep. You know, that was that,
3: it. I mean, that, that, uh, that was huge. I mean, I, I guess that started them on that path.
2: I'm going on and on yeah. this nonsense. <laughs> want to play another song before we – Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's, let's play, play another, another song. song. Yeah. I know, are we, are we like boring people senseless <laughs> about No,
1: and,
0: and, you this know. this interests me because it's a topic I am not an expert on. So
2: but You know what's funny too, before we play this song, one thing I hated too, when I was in bands, I'd love when I whenever you did play gigs, right? During the sets Inevitably, some guy would come up to you and say, Hey man, I'm in a band too. You know, oh, they yeah, always right. want to talk yeah. gear. They, they want to talk gear. Yeah. And, and like, I could never care about gear. I don't know if, like, hey, what kind of Les us that? I said, it's uh deluxe, you know. What kind of humbuckers you got? I go, I don't know, whatever it comes with, you know. Like, and, and they go, are they like they'll go like are they like the 641 Dash X, you know, double mounted? I go, I don't know, whatever, but it was in the store. <laughs> oh yeah. And what kind of sh- what gauge strings you use? I go, uh, the Ernie Ball, I use tens. He goes, Oh, I use a 10, but then I go to a, a 12 oh, silver round on the E string, but then my G string, I go, I don't care, man. Whatever's <laughs> in the pack. I just buy the pack and put them on, you know. And these guys, yeah. here, they want to talk stupid like yeah. go
3: go back and sit with your girlfriend. She keeps staring at me. Yeah,
2: I, right? I can care less, you know, about, about <laughs> what what kind of less Paul was it? Well, if it's pre-71, Leo Fender, you know, before he went to Japan, I go, I don't care, man. I, I just plug it in. It's a piece of wood, <laughs> <laughs> but there are these guys like they're like Trekkies for musicians. You
1: know?
2: <laughs> Let me go. Let's play a song. Oh, uh, well, speaking, by, uh,
0: speaking of piece of wood, this song yeah. is actually called "Kindling for a Fire" by where Willow you and go? Wood.
2: There you and go. That's where my old my old my, <laughs> my old guitars go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there another one by Willow and Wood.
1: Coming out of the dark What you gonna do with me? What you gonna do with me? Fresh snow in the hills Hushed by winter's chill I'm covered in gold wasn't definite. What you gonna do with me? What you gonna do with me?
2: guys you know it's funny they're from i think i read they're from seattle originally mm-hmm. they are and and they were there for a while she said something cool i read i read their bio and supposedly she was a you know a songwriter by herself and she just met kevin i think his name is and they just and they kind of just clicked musically first you know I, I know what that feels like when you meet someone that you kind of click with musically just because you're both talented you don't necessarily click but when you meet someone that gets you so what are we talking about
0: Well, we were talking about the fact that everything old becomes new again in the sense of music, and then we got onto a long, long spiel about gear.
2: Right. I'm sorry. I hope we edit that out or what? No,
0: I think we should keep it in. I think it's good.
2: Maybe
3: maybe, uh, the reason we went there is because maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe there aren't new uh, and uh, interesting instruments being created. Therefore, maybe music, Western music, is kind of stagnated. If all of a sudden there were newer, more interesting instruments out there...
2: yeah.
0: But, it, but, that, but, but, the, the, but does that come back to AI again, and how AI is able to just do different sounds as opposed to creating different instruments?
2: I think there's too much technology, and I'll tell you what I mean. Back in... Okay, back in the day... <laughs> You know, <laughs> when we were in the studio, you know, we, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. I love that phrase. And we used to have to, we wanted certain sounds. So we have to kind of create it by banging something, or or getting an actual timpani, or or finding somebody who could play the cello. But nowadays, everything's a plug-in. They could just they could just scroll through with zillions of sounds. So in reality, there's so much out there for people to use right now. It's almost overwhelming. So one thing I'll say, a ridiculous pronouncement: If any record right now isn't great, it's because you're not creative. Because there's you have so much quality sonic sounds at your disposal if you can't make it sound great it's because you're not creative enough to make it great because it's not it's not a lack of having instrumentation to do it you know i
3: i tend to agree with that i, th- I think that um...
2: but back in the day when you didn't have that i'll tell you and also we're losing when i was in um my, my boston phase lived in boston for a while i dated this girl right she lives in cambridge and she played violin And she'd do a bunch of friends at Berkeley, And I was doing my acoustic, solo acoustic thing. She used to play violin with me. She also played cello. So every once in a while, and she she used to write charts and stuff. She had friends who played oboe, who played bassoon, who played, you know, harp or whatever. And she would write a chart. Sometimes we'd do a show and one of her friends on the bassoon would step in. Or sit in and she write a chart for them. And it was really cool. And I'd sit there with a bassoon, a real bassoon, a real cello, a real violin, a real French horn. And when you hear these instruments, really, yeah, right. they're so much better, so much nuanced, so much better than a plug-in. I don't care how good the plug-in is. It's nothing agree better with you. than totally. and I got to I got to experience real instruments. Right. And and the real the sonicness of a real yeah, real, you know, uh, flugelhorn and stuff. There's a That's lot I, more
0: depth to them when they're like live and in person, as opposed to just hitting a button and it's sounding.
2: Yeah, that but way. I, I, but also, but people don't understand too. Not only is it sound better, but the guy who plays the oboe knows how to play an oboe. Where if I'm a guy who even if I have a great oboe sound, I don't play the oboe, so I don't know how an oboe really plays yes, exactly. Yes,
3: and and if so you're rendering, if you're rendering that particular instrument sound. Via a keyboard, you you, yeah. you are likely at to you know maybe play a phrase that e- even isn't physically right. possible to play on the damn. Well, yeah, which right. could, could be
2: good or bad. Again, right. if it sounds cool, yeah. it's cool. But but I think I think today's a lot of people are losing out on real instrumentation. That's why I don't care. You listen to like listen to, and even the mics in the old days. Listen to like you know some of those old recordings. Listen to Eleanor Rigby. You know, right now that that was a recording done in 1966. What was that 30, 50 I don't know How many years ago? <laughs> it sounds it sounds sonically amazing because it's real instruments recorded amazingly correctly. Because right. back then, they knew how to rec- mic instruments, you yeah. know. And nowadays, all that's gone. They, it sounds better than records today. Well, I think you're I think
3: you're onto something there as far as pushing the envelope and and, and actually coming up with something new because the fact of the matter is that it 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 won't be new it will likely be old but it'll just have it'll be imbued with more creativity one of the most fascinating things i ever heard and I, i can't recall uh what track it is i think it's satisfaction but i heard um an interview with um uh, Keith Richards talking about. He
2: quit smoking last week, I heard. Oh, Keith my.
3: Richards. That's, cra- that's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy.
2: The world's coming to yeah, an end, th- baby.
3: It is coming to an end. <laughs> no, it, uh, he, he pointed out that. Okay, so Satisfaction, one of the most, I mean, decidedly one of the most rock and roll tracks ever recorded, right? Well, there are, you, there are the no. Real, check this out. Real,
2: real riffs of rock.
3: Check this out. There are no electric guitars on Satisfaction.
2: How do they get it? Bomb, bum, bum, bum. What is that then? Acoustic guitar distorted? What?
3: Yep, that's exactly what it is. It's an overdriven, distorted acoustic guitar. And I think they actually mic'd a little Radio Shack type speaker that came out of uh this little um cassette recorder that he used to carry around. I I it just completely blew my mind, and I went back and I listened, and I was like, this is this is just mind-blowing to me. I mean, I'd listened to that track for, what, 40 years and never recognized well, that it wasn't well, balls-to-the-wall electric rock.
2: Well, again, it's what you're saying. It's um, necessity is the mother of invention. Like, you know, because they didn't have access to things, they, they made something happen. Yeah. I, I know a few times, a perfect example is like flanging. Supposedly when they were recording, uh, I don't know what song, the Beatles, Lennon just happened to lean on the two-inch tape and was rolling around, and I went, whoa. Well, wow, that's cool. So all of a sudden, so they start playing the guitar. He started wah, wah, as they're recording it. So they got a flange sound. Mm-hmm. That's how that came about. Right. Another great thing. I love this story. You Pat him. He's a great producer from the eighties and nineties. He's producing Phil Collins, right? First solo record in the air tonight, right? So they're, they're doing the record, everything. Supposedly, like they're in the studio doing a rough mix of the album, and because you know Phil Collins was the drummer as well. So you have you pat him at a phone call. So he leaves the studio. So while he's leaving it, you know Phil Collins is playing with the uh, with the uh, EQs and stuff and just mixing the drums louder and pushing everything else. And when he comes back in, the drums are all boop boop boop, boop all distorted <laughs> right, and, right, right. and gated and stuff. And you pat him goes. He goes. What are you doing? What are you doing? Look at look at the vu meters, man. You're pinning them. You're ruining them. He goes. And Phil Collins goes. Yeah, but listen how it sounds. <laughs> he goes. Wow. And that's how gated drums came about by mistake.
3: It's one of the most iconic drum tracks in.
2: Yeah, that was just a goof. Yeah. That was the mistake. I think because of that, we you know, I don't think a lot of engineers like that's why I love Scott. I love guys like that because those guys, Scott knows how to mic a piano. Scott knows how to mic because back in the day when they learned, they learned how to do this. They know how to mic an acoustic guitar. They know about, you know, you know, stereo mic techniques and out of phase and in phase, all that kind of stuff. We're like kids today, I'm sorry. It's plugins. I don't think a lot of young producers today have real good micing skills.
0: Do you think that they've become lazy because there's not a necessity for them to have to play those types of instruments since, they do have access well, well,
2: to like hit well, a keyboard. Yes, well, yes and no because the, 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 I think it has to, to do a lot of different things. One is like you know economics; it's cheaper. You know, and you get five guys in a room, it's cheaper just to have one guy play a keyboard. You know, and also they can't go in a studio now because of, of space requirements. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has studios, so they're all like their basements or their, their their record rooms, and you know, and like I don't know. It's 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 just different whether it's better or worse i think it's something is lost i think in the experience i'll
3: make a little bold prediction here i i I think in the next five years there will be a new sound and there will be uh, a lot of new things coming down the pike that will um that will create a lot of interest and i think that most of it will come out of the edm world the electronic dance uh producer driven very technical world.
2: I think it's it's very funny that the last time anyone really broke seems to correlate with the onset of the internet. The internet, I'm sorry people, but in, in, in the grand scheme is going to be the ruination of the society on so many levels. It doesn't connect us anymore like it's supposed to, even though they say we're all connected. We're not really, we're less connected. But I think because of it, I don't know. Something's missing. It's, it's, it's making everything. So nothing special anymore. It, it seems like this technology, internet technology and, and the loss of, uh, just for lack of a better word, humanism, there's too much out there. Everyone's just too busy, you know, looking through a million things and TikTok and Snapchat and it's all fun and scrolling. Everyone wants to be famous and everyone wants to do pictures and, and be funny. And some of them are, and, but like it's, it's just a mess. I, I'm sorry. Someone needs like we need Chuck Mottie's father to come in and just pull the plug on the internet. Someone <laughs> that's what he needs coming. Like you know, or, you know, that's what has to happen.
0: I wonder. I, mean, if, I, I
3: wonder think. if he's still around.
0: I was gonna no, say not. at the time of this recording too. I mean, we're in this is Sunday. So, uh, this past Friday was black Friday, but like the inundation of emails and whatnot, when it comes to shopping online this year have almost been so incessant that like, I haven't even looked at my phone all weekend because I don't even want to know how many emails I have or how many messages I have that are pushing certain things. And that's, all due to the internet, because Black Friday used to be you go out and you shop, and you know you get there at five o'clock in the morning and you wait for your deal or doorbusters or whatnot. And I mean, it's kind of really ruined being able to like get. I don't know gifting-wise, I guess, I'm, I'm going down the path of. Um,
2: well, I feel Mr. Marty, Chuck Marty was the kid. Uh, Mr. Marty was the father. He was an old Irish guy. He used to walk around the block and smoke a pipe every once in a while. I can't do an Irish accent. I'll do my best. <laughs> so he'd walk around the block every once in a while because he lived two blocks down, and he'd be doing his walking. And all of a sudden, i will be cutting the lawn, right? And he always had a, he always had some kind of remark, and he goes, one of the things he said to me, we always still laugh about it. He goes, Ah, oh God, cutting the lawn again. Or I can tell you, if they hung you for being a landscaper, they'd be hanging a listen man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like stupid stuff. That's what he would say. He was kind of a funny guy, but did I cut you off?
0: Well, no, you just changed subjects.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? God, forty minutes of this.
0: I know, forty minutes. Can you believe it?
3: Did you go? Uh, did you go out shopping, um, Nicole?
0: No, on, I home. on Black home. Friday. On Black Friday, no, I stayed home. Yeah. This mm. it's just it's too crazy right now. Like even the grocery stores, people are getting like antsy and nasty. So I just have no desire to go shopping this year.
3: I have a little why do they call it Black Friday?
0: Because it's supposed to be the Friday that has the best sales. Yeah, and but why
2: meals. why why black?
0: I don't know why black. Actually, I'll why look, not blue? I'll look that up. Hold on.
1: Mm.
2: Black is a negative thing. Why not like you know blue or yellow, you know?
0: Probably because people are so nasty during it. Um, I think. Okay, that's so a- the story it says oh. the story goes that Black Friday is so called because it's the day when stores reopen after Thanksgiving, again becoming profitable and going into the black.
3: There you have it.
2: It's stupid though.
3: But you know today there I'm, I'm sure this will get changed for next year. I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised it hasn't been changed. Recently, I had a, a business meeting where wherein we were discussing whitelisting uh, and a person on the other end. What's,
0: what's whitelisting? Well, when you whitelist a product or a service. as opposed um, to as opposed something to- being
3: blacklisted mm-hmm. right there was there was some someone on the other end of the line that admonished uh these business folks uh that the new terms were the approved list not not the white list and i don't know what the black list is supposed to be called now everything's changing i have um, um for those listeners that know what i look like i get at least once or twice three times a week because i Actually, talk a little bit of spirituality on occasion, or talk about um, certain aspects of Native American culture and and how they what do you, what do you do this? how they approach uh, at, at Journey Pure when I do the work okay. with the so they think you're part of dr- drug and alcohol rehab. People have done that to me my whole life. You know, it's like you you obviously have some Indian in you. That's how they say it down here down south. And uh, so you know, as I'm often given to do, I I started doing a little bit of research and, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe even I'll go and get one of those little 20, but then I, then I discovered, I started to discover some really interesting, um, facts. One of which is that it will do me no good to get the 23 and me and discover that I'm a quarter native American because that's what they call blood quantum and knowing your blood quantum doesn't qualify you to be anything. It just means that you're a quarter, or you're a half, or you're a third. I did my,
2: I did my, you know, DNA, whatever it was. You know, was what's the other one? Not twenty three and me. There's another one, mm-hmm. um, the tree, something with the tree. Anyway.
3: Well, that's interesting to me. You did it. What? What? What did you come well, up? I did what, just what did you joke. come up so, with?
2: My, my whole life, I thought I was. My mother always said she was half Italian and half German, right? And my father was all Italian. So I always thought it was three quarters Italian and a quarter German. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I get this um, DNA thing. I forget which one I went, went to.
0: Was it the Ancestry?
2: ancestry yeah, ancestry.com. You got it. And, and I got, I am 84% English. <laughs> this is true. I am like 2% Italian. And I am four percent Nordic. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm not even even Italian at all.
1: <laughs> it's
2: a joke. So all, all this life, I'm like, I'm like Italian. Hey, I'm, I'm English. I'm an English Nordic moron. Hey,
0: that explains the Beatles fascination,
3: though. Well, I'm I'm going to do it because I mean, I, people just talk this to me yeah, all the time. But then you the your
2: time. DNA's in the system. Then if you do a crime, they got you.
3: Well, yeah. Well, I don't have any big crimes planned anytime soon. You never know, man. You never know. You 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 never
0: know when you're going to have to pull off a heist.
3: Times are hard, you know. Um, But I, I did think it was interesting that, you know, just finding out your quotes, blood quantum, doesn't really mean anything with regard to Native Americans because then you have to determine what tribe you're associated with. And in order to do that, you actually have to have some connection, some lineage with a particular tribe you have to be recognized as your ancestors having been a part of that tribe
2: and the thing is they just charge you 69 dollars to get that but then if you want to match now all you do is you get you get that little sheet of what you are now if you want to be part of their their site though and match yourself up with people then you get um you know, it's like the $49 and then like $18 a month. It's like a ripoff. And then the joke of it is, too, I, I finally deleted mine. Because I know all these guys tell me I'm lost Long cousins saying like, you know, I, they, they, I, we matched up. Our DNA matched up like 70%. So I think we're related. So leave me alone.
3: Wow. These you emails. got you got that? You got people talk. Yeah, I got wow. emails
2: claiming from Florida, from like, you know, from the guy from like, you know, Sweden says he's my Long lost fourth cousin. I go, no, you're not.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, do you guys want to end this episode? Oh,
2: we could talk for days. I, for, we were going to cancel this episode, too, right? <laughs>
0: Why? We were going to cancel?
2: We were
3: talking but, but before. Decided,
2: yeah. Why did you <laughs> want to cancel? Because because we were too tired to talk. Oh.
3: These, are, these episodes have, um, I think they've settled in, and I think that we'll... Um, I think we've got some exciting things on tap.
0: We so, do, especially because you know. the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking all things holidays and
2: Christmas.
3: Yes, which, of course, I'm – Okay. I'm. Uh, yeah, oh, boy. Uh, this is
2: the gear episode. Yep. <laughs> it's the DNA gear episode. Yep. Yep, Yep. this is the the Chuck Marty episode. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, talk us out there. Um, whatchamacallit, Nicole,
0: (laughs) you know, just the only other person on this podcast. (laughs) 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 All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For all of the links in the show notes, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T W E N T Y. Until next time, we are going to have Brian Elliot play you out with Blue Jean Girl.
2: There you go. Here's Brian. Goodbye, everybody. Hi
1: It's a sunny Sunday and you're looking for some love this afternoon. You read about it as a child and thought that you could try it too. But now that you have grown, you're out here on your own, in so many hearts, in so many arms, and only you can see, exactly what they need, so go and set them free, and be, baby,